The American architect Frank Lloyd Wright was fond of telling the story of an incident that happened one day in winter when he was just nine years old. And what happened that day had a profound influence on the rest of his life. He'd gone walking across a snow-covered field with his reserved, no-nonsense uncle. As the two of them reached the far end of the field, his uncle stopped him and turned him around and pointed at his own tracks in the snow, straight and true as an arrow. Then he pointed out young Frank's tracks, meandering all over the field. Notice how your tracks wander aimlessly from the fence to the cattle to the woods and back again, his uncle said. And see how my tracks aim directly to my goal. There's an important lesson in that for you. Years later, the now world-famous architect liked to tell how the experience had contributed to his philosophy in life. I determined right then, he'd say with a twinkle in his eye, not to miss the things in life that my uncle had missed. Frank Lloyd Wright saw in those tracks what his uncle could not. As we journey through life, it's easy to let the demands of life overwhelm us and keep us from actually living. The people had gathered round the door, pressing in to see Jesus. The demands on him were already piling up. He had cured many and talked constantly, and it seems there was no respite. Even his disciples didn't seem to help matters. When he left early in the morning to pray, they went searching for him. And when they found him, they said, everyone is searching for you. How do we enjoy the journey when everyone is searching for you, wanting a piece of you, and everything seems to be demanding your time? And what can we learn from Jesus, who faced this situation on more than one occasion? Well, first, when everyone is searching for you, we should remember not to let others define our goal. Simon Peter has just said to Jesus, everyone is searching for you. It seems that they wanted him to go back and do it all again. But Jesus knew, because he had that time in prayer, that while it might be nice to go where he was accepted and appreciated and wanted, he was being called by God to go elsewhere and to tell others about God and show them what God was like. And so Jesus responds, let's go somewhere else. It seems that Jesus did not feel that he had to respond to every need, every demand placed upon him. Jesus knew what he was called to do. He was called to proclaim the message. This message. This is why I have come, Simon Peter, to preach that there well may be some healings along the way, but Simon Peter, let's stay focused. There's a story to be told, God's story, a story that holds out hope to a hurting world. It's the good news that life does have meaning and it's found in a relationship that offers love and acceptance, mercy and forgiveness. Despite the pressure of people demanding that he stay and fulfil all their needs, Jesus said no. 
And he said no because he was committed to what God the Father wanted him to do. He realised that he couldn't do everything, so he limited his activity to those things his father had called him to do. One reason so many of us live at breaking point is that we refuse to limit what we do in any given period of time. We think we can do it all, that somehow we are different, that we'll cope so we cram our lives with activities and people and meetings and projects without ever asking the question, is this something God is calling me to do? And that doesn't just apply to church life, it's all of life. And the reality is, we can't do it all. Even Jesus recognised that he was not called to do everything. Perhaps our lives, our ministries, our priorities should not be determined by the demands of the crowd, by popularity or availability, but by God. We can't do everything, and we shouldn't try to. Not every opportunity is something God would call us to be involved in. I have heard it said that God asks us to live committed lives, not overcommitted lives. In a month that has been overwhelming in many different ways, this story in Mark's Gospel has reminded me to make time for myself a high priority. But I have also been reminded of something more important. The story tells us that Jesus took time away to pray and to be refreshed. That is explicit. Jesus set aside this time to be with God. And I believe we need to relearn to do that too. Or maybe that's just me. In the Gospel of Mark, there are numerous accounts when Jesus rested and prayed. Five times he took a boat trip to get away or just went down to the sea. Twice he went into the hills. One time he took a walk through the grain fields. And another time we find him high up in a mountain. There's more. He tells his disciples to come and rest. On two occasions, he goes where he wants to be unknown. And yet another time, he simply went home. Still another time, we find him going beyond the Jordan. And his final time to himself is time alone in prayer in Gethsemane, even though he was in company. In the morning, Mark tells us, while it was still very dark, Jesus got up and went out to a deserted place and there he prayed. And the deserted place, the deserted place is a place where decisions are made. Everyone is searching for you, said Simon Peter, and suddenly there's a decision a choice to be made. Go to where others want him to go, go back to Capernaum to fulfil their needs and demands, or go where God is calling him, to do what God is calling him to do. He answered, let us go on to the neighbouring towns so that I may proclaim the message there also, for that is what I came to do. We each need a deserted place, a place of solitude, 
And that doesn't have to be found in a faraway place. We don't necessarily have to travel to it. Today, as we sit at home in these moments, the pace is slowed. It's a moment of withdrawal from the busyness and stress of life, a time to catch our breath, a moment to reflect upon God, a moment that is personal and at the same time reassuring. So as we sit here, let's hear the words from Isaiah spoken to a people who had undergone great trials and adversity, who were so beaten down by life that they'd forgotten that God was still with them and they began to question whether God remembered their plight at all. Hear these words of reassurance and make them yours. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Let these words of reassurance and promise be God's gift to you this week. Amen.